today. Joe Biden is waging war against Bloody Marys, and Jesse Smollett is sentenced for his hate crime hoax. Uh, quite a scene in the courtroom. We've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And uh, it is, look, it's a happy Friday for me. I think it is a happy Friday for one of my guests, Alex Stein. It's such a pleasure. Are you kidding, Sarah? When I get to come on this show, it is a dream come true. I just want to say to the audience watching, guys, I'm here with the most beautiful host oh my of gosh, TV. Here we go. I know, it's the truth, guys. And so when I get to be here, and I'm with John, he's being a little quiet right now because we're going to open him up. This show is about to get wild. So this Friday, <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup. We're going on a wild ride today. We are. John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor yes. and host of Heck Off Commie. That's but true. he just seems to be in kind of a foul mood. Is it the weather, John? Not at all. There's no foul mood. Um, I don't know. It's, it's mainly this guy right here. I mean, he's holding kind of like a mirror up. Like, this is what I would be if I, like, put a little bit more effort into my appearance, you know? <laughs> like, we've already got like one intelligent charismatic young white guy around here and now he's coming and you know well i exude sexual energy so that's probably what you're <laughs> right. feeling you're feeling the sexual energy and it confuses no. me it confuses a lot of people so yeah. just you know take it like a grain of salt and we'll just move on okay well let's move on then uh to the headlines of the day so joe biden this morning uh did a couple things to you know really stick it to russia and when i say russia i of course mean the citizens uh and not actually putin himself it seems that they are doing making all of these moves to hurt uh, the citizens mostly. But uh, the White House revealed the latest steps to punish Moscow uh, is uh, the, the Biden is going to revoke Russia's most favored nation trading status, uh, opening the door to damaging new tariffs. And then he also uh, announced <laughs> some other things that we will get into. But let's first listen to Joe Biden announcing uh, denying this favored nation status. Watch. Each of our nations is going to take steps to deny most favored nation status to Russia. A most favored nation status designation means two countries have agreed to trade with each other under the best possible terms. Low tariffs, few barriers of trade, and the highest possible imports allowed. In the United States, we call this permanent normal trade relations, PNTR, but it's the same thing. Revoking PNTR for Russia is going to make it harder for Russia to do business with the United States and doing it in unison with other nations to make up half of the global economy will be another crushing blow to the Russian economy. It's already suffering very badly from our sanctions. So this executive action is also banning uh, imports from, of course, key sectors of Russia's economy. This includes uh, alcohol, Russian vodka. OK, it's gone. Non-industrial diamonds uh, gone. And uh, let's see, high end watches, clothes, luxury items, jewelry, uh, top shelf liquor, luxury vehicles gone, gone, top gone. Shelf no more now. Bloody Marys. Joe Biden, any president of this country would understand how important brunch is <laughs> to all Americans. And Joe Biden, I just want to tell you, is waging war against brunch and Bloody Marys. And I will not stand for it. Don't forget about the engagement rings. I'll think about all the, those beautiful engagement rings. Thank Sarah. you. I mean, yeah. thank suburban you. Suburban white women aren't going for Biden anymore after this. Well, they, they better get, not. They have their brunch. Hey, yeah. They have their luxury vehicles. Thank you. Their their diamonds. Were the were the were the no more mean tweets worth it? You feel this resonates with you, Miss Gonzalez, the suburban white vote. 
Well, suburban mom. Yeah, but this is the thing is that the suburban moms have the white guilt and that's what put us in this is yeah, that white guilt. So maybe he's actually trying to go after them with this indirectly. I mean, it's not going to help out him in the long run going after these women that support him, but he's so dumb, he cancels out the Keystone Pipeline and he puts sanctions on our own country. So this guy yeah. doesn't care about us. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, all of the all of the policies that he has uh, enacted, whether through executive action or otherwise, uh, and specifically the way that he has handled this particular crisis, blaming the gas spike on Putin, which we've talked about earlier this week. It's just, you know, uh, Putin apparently is a scapegoat for everything these days. And uh, it's interesting because I guess like there was some psychic abilities going on in all of these markets that caused them to spike, uh, caused inflation to rise. It caused gas prices to spike before this crisis even like was being talked about. Yeah, I mean, we had Trump in there for four years and he really didn't wield as much power as he probably should have. But still, we had energy independence. We had cheap fuel. We had cheap housing costs and cheap food. And now you have like a Democrat administration in there under Joe Biden, who isn't even like you know, ide uh, ideologically or philosophically guided by anything. He's sort of just this like putty and he's molded by no one really knows. But it's like after less than a year, we've got all of those metrics just just catastrophically worse. So I think that when we take power, you know, people always get afraid that like I'm going to like ban, you know, disagreeing opinions. And I don't think I want to do that. I think that's un-American and, and really uninteresting. But I think mm -hmm. that we should ban liberals and just like <laughs> communists and things like that. Anarcho-primitivists, anarchists, monarchists, traditionalists, uh, neo-reactionaries, all those people more than welcome to participate in the marketplace of ideas. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that there's any <laughs> argument left to be made for like liberal democracy. I mean, the whole idea was that fascism was defeated in World War II and then the Soviet Union collapsed in the 1990s. Therefore, liberal democracy, it's the, the final form of human government. Francis Fukuyama wrote about this in The End of History and the Last Man. But it's like, then you look at like the epitome of liberal democracy, Canada. They're becoming more draconian and more like mm -hmm. tyrannical than like anything that you're seeing in Eastern Europe or even like in China. And that's supposed to be the cool hippie country, right? So I think that we should basically declare libtardism like to be a public health crisis and just ban it. Yeah, well, I want to say this, too, is all they did is say, oh, Trump's going to get us in World War III. Trump's going to get us in World War III. Yeah. And a year into this presidency, we're about to be in World War III <laughs> with Joe Biden. So, I mean, this is the hypocrites on the left. They're like literally brain dead, basically. Yeah. It's very scary. Well, right. And, and, and why is that uh, specifically? Because for all they wanted to say about Trump is unstable, you, you, we don't know what Trump is going to do. It's like, well, you know what? I'd love all the other world leaders to feel the same way instead of looking at the, our president and saying, he, I don't even know if he's alive. Yeah, of course we can move and do whatever we want to do because they, you have such a weak president. We don't have to worry about anything. Is, like we just take for granted. We cannot. I will. I will die on this hill. We cannot allow ourselves to memory hole just how great Donald Trump was. I mean, people always play like that one Reagan clip of when the balloon popped and he said, miss me, oh, that's so funny. Or that one time he told the guy, oh, you know, youth and experience. He had like two or three one-liners and like the baby boomer generation just gets so excited about that. Donald Trump went and declared in front of the United Nations General Assembly <laughs> that Kim Jong-un is a rocket man. And then he straight up said, we're going to just destroy the entire country while like their representatives are sitting there like listening to yeah. this. And he's just so good and we don't have him anymore. And I miss him. That's why Johnson about mood. He misses, he he misses his president. He misses I did, my beautiful Trump. president. You know, I put this on my Instagram story yesterday. I have yet to hear a compelling argument as to why Donald Trump should not just be installed as king of America. And you laugh. Well, I can give you problem. a couple. Give me, please. He became a vaccine salesman. What yes. did he, and how did he treat all the people on January 6th that were the biggest supporters ever? Uh, and he had 11 days. I know it was only 11 days, but he probably could have done something. And now they've weaponized the FBI against the people that I would consider the biggest patriots in the world. So I like yeah. Trump. I don't hate Trump. 
Trump. But I'm saying there are some big mistakes I do believe that he made on his way out in his last year of his presidency that really rubbed me the wrong way. But at the end of the day, he's a billion times better than Joe Biden. Let's make that so, clear. I agree with that. But ahead, I think part. that he was bending the knee to powers he that... Had, and so, you know, if he were That's king of America, king. well, but he's the king now, right? And so he would just kind of, you know, press the Diet Coke button and all of a sudden all those people are in Guantanamo Bay and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, I want to get back to, Alex, you touched on it uh, when you talked about the Keystone Pipeline, but uh, oil and gas specifically, because we keep hearing from the left uh, that... You, if you don't like the gas prices, you're complaining about how much it costs to fill up your tank. Well, why don't you just go buy a Tesla? Well, maybe it's your fault for not investing in an electric vehicle. Uh, Jen, Jen Psaki, professional liar Jen Psaki, got asked by Peter Ducey, who, again, seems to be the only one in the White House uh, press conference room asking any sort of decent questions. So Peter Ducey ends up asking Jen Psaki if, you know, you guys are talking about electric vehicles so much. Does Joe Biden even own one? Here is that awkward exchange. Just one more about electric vehicles. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm -hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. He posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wilmington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Presidents of the United States, current, and when they are no longer, typically are not doing a lot of driving. Go ahead. So he owns cars, uh, as she agreed. He owns cars, does not own an electric vehicle, but don't worry, because he has driven one before to set an example. Yeah, telling someone to buy an electric car is like telling a homeless person, just go buy a house. Just yeah. go buy a house. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, these people are absurd. And, and when she talks now, it really does give me the Hunger Games vibe. Like, it's, it's like almost like she's up there and it is a controlled demolition of our country. Like, she's literally feeding the beast. Those other reporters that are her sycophants, she'll give them all the info. And the one guy, Peter Ducey, that asks hard questions, she's so flippant and so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, disrespectful. Yeah, so yeah. condescending. So she's just like evil the way yeah. she's. She, I wish she would at least pretend to kind of uh, stroke Peter Ducey. Uh, ego, but she doesn't do that. She knows she doesn't have to. She knows she's better than him, and that's why she's so terrible. My favorite conspiracy theory is that Peter Ducey and Jen Psaki secretly have this like relationship going on behind closed doors, and he asks her the hard questions, and then she's like so rude answering, and then you know I don't know if they're watching, you some so far I won't more say what happens after that. Theories. But. Uh, off air. But one of my favorite things to do to save myself time, you know, oftentimes on the right, we're like, oh, you can't just discredit someone's opinion because of this arbitrary metric. Yeah, you can. And it saves you a lot of time. So whenever you're talking to people who might make the argument, for example, that, uh, oh, you should just buy a $60,000 Tesla because gas is expensive. Ask them if they can spot price you a gallon of milk. And if they can't mm -hmm. tell you off the top of their head, give or take 10 cents, what a gallon of milk costs, disregard their opinion because they're out of touch. And you're just mm -hmm. saving yourself time. Like these people are not governed by anything actually intelligent. Just whatever the screen people tell them at the current time. Yeah. I mean, these were the people who three months ago wanted to put the anti-vaxxers or even people who were just vaccine hesitant, I think they said, into basically concentration camps. And now they're wearing like little Ukraine pins and they're like waving the flags and everything. And I'm personally offended by that. I don't know. I found out that... Um, because I'm from Detroit, if you go down to Hart Plaza in Detroit, there's a plaque, and on that plaque is the names of a bunch of people who are in uh, the Cadillac convoy that founded the city in 1701. So in the city that's older than the, the country that it's actually in are in names of like three of my ancestors. And then I see all these Ukrainian immigrants, and they're in downtown Detroit, and they're, oh, let's go get an American involved in Ukraine. And, you know, 
you kind of find out when all, all this stuff goes on in the world how American people really are when all of a sudden they want to take money and lives out of American households to go across the sea to fight in wars to settle their ethnic grudges. So I, so I want to get into that after the break, specifically the money, because I think that that is important, uh, what Congress has just passed, the uh, budget that they've just passed and the money that they're allocating um, to Ukraine. But before we get to that, I do want to touch on one more thing when it comes to Russia specifically. Uh, Facebook is uh, going to, they've decided to allow posts calling for Vladimir Putin's death in a, just, just a little temporary change uh, to their hate speech policy. So Instagram and Facebook, uh, by the way, like they, all of these companies want to completely deplatform Donald Trump. Donald Trump is gone, but you can call for Vladimir Putin's death. It's literally like the technocracy has become the judge and the jury, and they literally actually want to encourage. But when they make this a public story, they want to encourage people to do more Russian hate because they want to create more propaganda. Mm -hmm. So this is not accidental. And these, this is, like I said, the technocracy shouldn't get to decide who we can and can't make fun of. Yeah. John, your thoughts? Well, by the way, Russia did ban Facebook, so it does seem like it's a, it's a pissing contest. And they banned McDonald's, <laughs> which is only going to help them out. If we want to hurt Russia, we need to build more McDonald's. I would there. actually we, love it if we did that here. Yeah. Let's just we ban McDonald's. Well, no. Yeah, what was the uh, prize? <laughs> China called this like the firewall strategy or something. Basically, they wanted to cut off all Western, uh, whether that's social media or like actual media, unless they can like vet it directly. Mm -hmm. And like that has just been totally vindicated because you've got all these social media companies <laughs> pulling out of Russia, like, you know, this very like uh, spiteful and just, well, we're not going to do it. It's like, fine. That's like literally your greatest weapon against Russia is that. I mean, that's how, for example, the Obama administration launched the, the, uh, the coup in 2014 in Kiev because they did a color revolution where they had all these spontaneous street demonstrations and mass chaos orchestrated by social media, which might ring a bell in the 2016 and 2020 elections here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's go ahead and we're going to thank our sponsor and then let's get into uh, the Senate passing the one point five trillion dollar government funding bill to avoid a shutdown, which I was really hoping for. I was hoping for the shutdown. Uh, but <laughs> let's first thank our sponsor, Masterworks. So obviously we've talked about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Tensions in Europe are uh, about to boil over inflation. We talk about that all the time. So if you uh, watch the show every day. It, you are no stranger to the fact that it is at a 40-year high. Some analysts are predicting stock returns of less than 4% until 2030. So you may be wondering, how can you prepare for economic uncertainty? Well, there are a lot of people who are investing their money in uh, something that you may not have thought of. It is a commodity that is not natural gas or oil, uh, and its prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1995 to 2021. That's contemporary art, I know. I know. Alex is like, what? Wow. He, you should, I wish I you yeah. got his eyebrows. He's like, huh? Contemporary art. Yeah. What? So, okay. So after the 2008 crash, there were a bunch of wealthy investors who used art to defend their wealth. And Masterworks is going to allow you to do this as well. So it is an app that has made multi-million dollar paintings investable. So you can invest in paintings without having to buy the entire thing. We know nobody has money for that, but you can invest in a portion of it. So to discover how to participate alongside over 350,000 members, you can go to masterworks.art slash news. That is masterworks.art slash news. By the way, make sure to see an important regulation uh, disclosures at masterworks.io slash about slash disclosure. Say that three times fast. Here's a story we didn't get to yesterday whenever the House had passed this bill, but the United States Senate has now approved legislation providing $1.5 trillion to fund the federal government. This is only through September 30th, guys. And uh, by the way, they are going to allocate 
$13.6 billion to aid Ukraine. This was a 2,700-page bill. Uh, it was a 68-31 vote last night, and it was, of course, like right after the House of Representatives approved the package. Joe Biden is expected to sign the bill into law. Um, so the aid for Ukraine, getting back to what you guys were discussing, uh, specifically you, John, mentioned all of the money that we are sending over there. Uh, $6.5 billion for ammunition and other military supplies, uh, more than $7 billion for humanitarian support. And um, by the way, this doesn't even include this entire, the entirety of this bill does not include uh, the $15.6 billion in COVID-19 pandemic relief that the Biden administration and the Democrats were pushing for because they said, we, you know what, we're, we're going we're gonna to run into a, a struggle with the other party if we try to do that. So let's just get rid of that. Don't do that. Uh, I, I don't know if there's, I don't know what there is in here to help Americans, but uh, there's enough in there to help Ukraine. So, Well, John's from great. Michigan, and last time I checked, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. I mean, they're sending $16 billion to the Ukraine, and we got states here. I know you're kind of laughing at that, but I, I, is Flint's water fixed? I don't think so. What was funny about that was, like, literally that was the fault of the, uh, the government in Flint. Like, there's a, a river in Michigan called the Flint River, which is notoriously polluted. Mm -hmm. And they started uh, routing their drinking water from the Flint River, and it was, like, this historic thing, and they were like, oh, this is great. And it, they, they were like these little sprinkles of like black power in there where they're like, you know, the white people want us to use the Michigan water, we want to use our own water. And so they started getting water from like the Flint River and then it turned out to have like lead in it. <laughs> Just like terrible. Then they blamed it on Rick Snyder who was like a total rhino. But, um, I mean, well, they should fix it. They yes, should fix they, it. They, they had, yes. They've had Six, enough time. Yeah, Sixteen to fix billion it. dollars to Ukraine. Yet we got uh, gun violence in Chicago. It's killing children. I and mean, we have so many other issues here in America. Our border. Forget the Ukrainian border. Yeah. I don't care about the Ukrainian border. They can do whatever. They there's you know uh, that doesn't involve us. But they got to We have to go and and we are the real imperialist America. And then Obama's last year, he dropped twenty six thousand bombs. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about all the imperialism of America. And all we're talking about is Russia and Ukraine. It's all a distraction. The Ukrainian border is not even like a real thing. Like no border that we should be pouring money into should be young enough to where my dad can go, oh yeah, I remember when they made that. Like that's not like a real country. <laughs> and we could, like the Republicans in Congress wouldn't even give Trump like what, $4 billion to secure our border? Our borders, and yeah. look at the results of that in, in Joe Biden's administration. I mean, the, the wages have been depressed. Crime is like going mm -hmm. crazy. And we're sending $14 billion to a country that three weeks ago no one was even thinking about. Well, and, that, and that's why it is just such a joke to some people. I want to be clear here. I don't think anyone is trying to make light of the suffering that's going yeah. on in Ukraine. The pictures, the videos that we've been mm -hmm. seeing are just horrendous. Uh, and our thoughts and prayers go out to them. But, I mean, uh, again, you, you, have to be, uh, you have to be smart and you have to be realistic with American taxpayer money. And there's just not enough money for us to just fund the entire world, uh, you know, being nice to each other. Like, we, we just can't do that. So the reality of the situation is when your own house is is unclean, you can't go and clean someone else's house mm -hmm. first. Yeah, the real victims are the people of Ukraine because they their government basically betrayed them geopolitically and allied with us who i mean it's our fault our government's fault i should say and the ukrainian government's fault for like what's happening in ukraine because you know we always used to call it the ukraine right like the ukraine mm -hmm. and then recently they dropped that well the reason they dropped that is because ukraine literally translates in ukrainian which by the way is so similar to russian that it's often confused uh, confused to be different dialects of the same language but it's uh, like borderland 
And so, like, mm. if you're going to be literally a borderland between two competing powers, which would be the EU and Russia, your object is going to be at worst to be neutral, at best to be amicable with both. But you can't warm up to either of them because then one of them is going to try to swallow you up because otherwise it poses a threat. And so what's happened is the United States has done the, the coup in Kiev to literally topple a pro-Russian government to install a pro-Western government. Um, and that government under... Uh, what's his name? Zelensky has allowed for these like neo-Nazi militias to be wreaking havoc in the eastern parts of the country where there are ethnically Russian people. And then, of course, you know, we said not an inch eastward in the 1990s. That was our promise. And then we started integrating all these formerly uh, Soviet states into NATO to where now we're like literally right on his border saying, yeah, let's get Ukraine in there. And they're going to have missiles on the border with Russia. And so Putin like has no choice. And of course, this laptop class of people in this country could not conceptualize a leader going to take back territory that is ethnically Russian. There are ethnically Russian people being integrated with the Russian state. This does not compute to these people because they can only conceptualize the idea of a nation in terms of like a proposition. We're an idea. Uh, a diversity is what makes us great. You know, we're, we have the constitution and that's why we're America. And if we had an island and we had the constitution, well, that's America. They don't understand anything that transcends that idea of like a nation as just an idea and not like a people with a common identity. So, so then what is your take on the report that we've been seeing that Russia is, I mean, committing war crimes, right? Like bombing children's hospitals, all of that. And again, this is uh, assuming that all of these, it's hard to tell what is real and what is not, but yeah. certainly the United States themselves have even uh, said, admitted that it does sound like there are war crimes being committed. So there's a couple things going on right now. On the one hand, you'll have the media saying, oh, Russia's losing all of this, you know, they've taken so long, and so they're losing this war, and the Ukrainian, you know, the ghost of Kiev and all this stuff, and that's happening because they're trying to raise morale, but also because they can only conceptualize war in terms of like Marvel comic book movies mm -hmm. where it's just, you know, big defeat. And, but mm -hmm. it's like that these things take time, you know, it's been like, what, two weeks and he's making very good progress. But it's because he is t being very meticulous with it because he's trying to minimize civilian casualties. And so what the Ukrainian government has been doing is they have been stationing their soldiers in areas with high civilian density because they're trying to maximize civilian casualties because they're trying to get foreign support into the into the war because they know that's the only way that they stand a chance against Russia. The same way now all of these Westerners are going to fight for Ukraine. They're getting put to the front lines because they're trying to kill these people, basically, so that, again, oh, this tragic story of this guy who is from the UK and he went to go fight for Ukraine and now he's dead. They're trying to get all of this, you know, like you said, the sad videos and the sad images like textbook wartime propaganda to compel Western support for this war. So, you know, are there war crimes being committed? Maybe. I mean, I've also seen footage of like uh, Ukrainians leaving the ethnically Russian areas and, you know, just shelling houses and saying, you, you fascists and things like that. So um, I would say that I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to believe anything from either side. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I did see the fireworks going off, too, in the in the Ukrainian areas where they are heavily Russian. They were, like, very excited. So Yeah, it's weird. And, then, and you also look at the Azov Battalion, who you were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, weaponized. They talk about the spending this money here in America. They'd call us a Nazi. Yet there's actual Nazis in the Ukraine, and that's who Putin is going after. And then you get this information from Russia that says there's bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And of course, America's gonna say, oh, that's different, disinformation. But at this point, who do we believe? You know, our mainstream media is so full of crap, it's really hard to trust anybody at this point. Not that I'm not saying that I trust Putin, mm -hmm. but at this point, I trust no one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that's that you've just highlighted what the what the biggest problem of all of that is when it comes to Americans. I actually, I, I, I don't know if I trust Putin, but 
if I had to bet on trusting his government or our government, I would trust his government because Oy. wow, I would. He kills journalists, that. though. You know? We not. kill journalists. It's true. I mean, literally, know, any criticism of his government could be extended to our government. The only difference is that we know to get mad at him. Mm. Who do we get mad at here? Joe Biden. No one actually believes that he's in charge. Say what you will about authoritarianism, but at least everybody in Russia knows that Vladimir Putin is who's in charge. And you wait, hold on. <laughs> and you ask Vladimir Putin, "Why are you doing this to Ukraine?" And he will tell you in two minutes. It's mm-hmm. the most articulate. Why are we doing this in Ukraine? We have no argument. His, you know, country, because it's a more traditional masculine country, doesn't have to use manipulative power the way that we do because we are a spiritually feminine country. He commands strength. We command narratives by manipulating the truth and lying to people. I would rather have a guy say, hey, we're going to go take Ukraine. And if you don't, we're going to shoot you. than being lied to and just being, oh, it's about our values and democracy. Can, can I, can I yes. just, I just want to, I want to give you a chance to clarify. Please. You're basically trying to say both are bad, right? You're not excusing that, like, you love Putin and Putin is great Correct. for doing all of these things. You're just saying both <laughs> countries are at me. fault. Yeah, I am. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not making a pro-Putin case. I'm okay. simply acknowledging the fact that on the global stage... The United States is being hypocritical. We are the evil empire. It's yeah. sad, okay. but it's true. Yes. And anything that serves to delegitimize and destabilize that evil empire on the global stage is a net good for American patriots. Uh, you're welcome, John, for allowing you to uh, <laughs> clarify that uh, those comments. All right, we've got to take a break. For first, we want to thank our sponsor, Genucel. So, Genucel, I've told you guys about Genucel. They are an awesome, awesome skincare line. They've got a new ultra retinol cream. Uh, it uses dual action skin technology to visibly reduce and improve red skin, inflamed skin. If you have blotchy skin, uneven skin tone, they've combined hyaluronic acid and uh, a breakthrough. Phytoretinol, you can smooth away forehead wrinkles, laugh lines, you can renew and revitalize your appearance without the harsh effects and irritation of retinol. I have tried this product, it works beautifully. If you, look, I think the one thing that the last two years have done for all of us is aged us like 10 million years. So if you look in the mirror and you're like, I've aged so many years since 2020, way back when uh, President Trump was president and everything was good. We loved each other. We were getting along. We didn't have to deal with this crap all the time. And now I look like I'm 84 years old. You got to go try Genucel. Genucel can help you with that. If you don't see a visibly younger, clearer complexion in the mirror, you will get 100% of your money back guaranteed. You have nothing to lose, okay? So for a limited time, you can try Genucel's Ultra Retinol free. With Genucel's most popular package, you're going to save 60%, over 60% on the top sellers and get an extra 10% off when you enter my special code Y at checkout. That is Genucel.com slash Y. By the way, you are going to be upgraded to free priority shipping. You're welcome. Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Y. A judge sentenced Jesse Smollett to 150 days in jail, 30 months probation, $120,106 restitution, and a $25,000 fine yesterday for five charges of disorderly conduct related to a false police report he filed alleging to be the victim of a hate crime. I don't think I have to tell you guys all of the details. I'm sure you remember. He was brutally attacked uh, on the streets of Chicago by red hat wearing 
white men, because we all know there are so many of them just running around at 2 a.m., running around uh, the downtown streets of Chicago. And uh, yeah, it turned out that he uh, made it all up because he wanted some attention. Well, attention he got. And it didn't stop there because I guess he is so addicted to the attention that he decided to have this crazy outburst in the courtroom after all of uh, all of this was read. Let's listen to Jesse Smollett reacting to his sentence. Watch. You will pay restitution to the city of Chicago in the amount of $120,106. You are fined $25,000, which is the maximum fine. And you will spend the first 150 days of your sentence in the Cook County Jail. Do you have any questions? No, I would just like to say to Your Honor that I am, uh, I am not suicidal. That's what I was about to say. Well, he has to okay. say that because he needs to get Okay. I am not <laughs> the judge is suicidal. Like, okay. I am innocent and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Your Honor, I respect you and I respect the jury, but I did not do this. And I am not suicidal. If anything happens to me when I go in mm -hmm. there, I did not do it to myself. And you must all know that. Mm. I respect you, Your Honor. Mm -hmm. I respect you, Yeah, you should. His inmate number is online. You're not important enough to be suicidal. I am not suicidal. Well, you say I, that, though. I, I'm, hold on. I'm, I'm curious if he's suicidal. I, I haven't quite heard, but I, I, I just wanted to bring something to the table you know because I've listened to do? this. He what? might actually be narcissistic enough to, like, unironically kill himself just so Yes, that so that everyone speculates. What a oh, legacy. One million percent. No, no, <laughs> no. no. So I they're, think they're, they're, they are, he, they're going to give him a mental health assessment now because of that outburst. Yes, but guys, this guy's probably a little nervous. I mean, he is tight with the Clintons. He's tight with the Obamas. And listen, I don't know if he was ever on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, but Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang himself. He's probably, he probably, <laughs> seriously, I know I'm a kooky conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat all day long. But he probably is scared for his life because he probably does have it. Nobody he, cares about him, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, and this is another thing we're forgetting. This is what makes me mad of him going to jail. This is going to be, he's going to have a reunion tour that is going to be like Elton John's <laughs> reunion tour. They're going to have him on The View. They're going to have him on every show. And they're going to say, oh, you paid your dues. You did your 150 days. And now he's going to become some sort of social liberal hero. It's true. They do cling to degenerates. The left no does even seem to cling to degenerates. Like, literally, think about what happened with Epstein. Everybody was watching that, and everyone said, no way they're going to let that guy live. And they killed him in front of us, and there was, oh, the camera's malfunctioned. And no one talks. It Like, it just, nope. like, literally, when that happened, I went to FedEx Kinko's, and I had printed a poster of this man, and I hung it up in my room, because I told myself, I'm not going to let this be forgotten about. You know, I, no, I'm not even, it was the weirdest thing to explain to people. <laughs> that so is weird. weird. That's a little weird, the Jeffrey Epstein poster. But, but no, Alex you're weird because you am weird. You allowed weird. it to be forgotten about. I didn't. I, I made a conscious choice. No one allowed choice. it to be forgotten Nobody forgets about. about it. It's just the media is full of crap. They'll never give us the real truth. Well, I think the problem is that, yes, and, and that's it, is that it's like, you can't waste your time spinning your wheels about it because there's no one that is in power that is willing to get the truth. They're just going to allow the door to be closed and go up. Oh, well, we tried. And that's the thing. So like if he does have information and if he does feel threatened and he wants to make that statement, then he knows that they know that they killed Epstein. Yeah. And like no one. So this right. like obscure actor, like 
no one's gonna care. Right. Yo, you guys keep on saying he's that obscure. You guys realize how tight he is with the Obamas? Do you, no. Do you, you guys don't realize this? No. Oh my gosh, guys, look up Jesse Smollett and the Obamas. He was basically part of their, their social administration, I guess, whatever you want to call it. His family is a huge family in the acting community, so they are, he is- Which explains how he got his job, because he's not good. No, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, he was on The Mighty Ducks. That's where he got to start. Everybody loves that movie. That was Jesse Smollett's first really? movie. Yes, The Mighty it. Ducks. So I'm telling you. You haven't seen it? So Jesse Smollett is a career actor from an actor's family that is tied in with people that, the same people that I personally feel responsible for the death of Jeffrey Epstein. So him saying that, even though he's an actor full of crap, he probably is worried that something could happen. He probably does have information. So, so you think it was real? I do think he's nervous. I think he's like, because when you sit there and you know you have to go in there for 150 days, if he had his if he had his mind right, he could realize this is the best thing. It's like all those people that are January 6th that are going to jail. They realize I'm going to go to jail for a little bit. I'm going to try to work on myself. I'm going to come out a better person. That's his attitude. That should be his attitude because everybody loves a comeback story. He should be realizing like this will be a made-for-TV movie if I come out of here and become some big actor like Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr. or something. But instead, he's talking about I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to kill myself. He probably is actually afraid. And guys. He's a little coward actor. He's never, you know what I mean? He's yeah. been on movie sets. He's not, a, he's not a guy from the street whatsoever. Well, did you guys notice, because I've listened to this several times, and I'm fairly certain I'm hearing it correctly, that he says, I'm innocent, and then in his next breath he says, if I did, he pulls an OJ. He goes, but if I did it. That is so epic. Yeah. I love OJ. If I did it, it was because I was helping all of my black brothers and sisters or whatever he says. Like he literally just pulled an OJ yeah. and said, I'm so innocent, he, but if I did it, this is why I would He continues with the narrative. So like the original narrative was like, we're victims <laughs> and I'm gonna play the role of the victim. Got caught, it was a lie. Now he's, you know, setting up the stage for the next thing. Yeah. So he's not saying like, I have information about Epstein. He's saying like, I'm speaking truth to power for all my black brothers and they're gonna kill me for it like wow no one has ever heard 400 years of oppression before bro we're, <laughs> we're gonna you know all those powerful people who are unsympathetic to the concept of black oppression the clintons the bidens they really don't like that they're gonna take you out for daring to say that we haven't heard that before and we got to make this point too when you tell when you tell yourself a lie enough times you start to believe it That's so true. at this point he's been lying he's had to stay you know it's, he, he almost probably does believe that he was a victim at this point. I, 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 I actually, I believe that. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe that. Um, John, I just have to. I mm. have to clarify here. Have you come out as as pro Russia and pro OJ Simpson in the same show? I'm not pro Russia. I am sympathetic. <laughs> I am not pro OJ. I'm just saying. You're OJ sympathetic. I, I'm gonna state my you position. You said I love OJ. I just, I just. <laughs> a talented athlete. And a, a good actor. Athlete. He was a good you actor know what? as well. You know what? If you allow what he did, which I totally disavow, to discredit his performance in the National Football League, then the terrorists win. You can't let that action discredit true athletic talent. False. Double murder. Yes. What yeah. 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 Double murder is white shot everything. Look, yeah, yeah. Yes. Hypothetically. Double murder and getting away with yeah, it. Yeah, I did. If OJ's your wife toast. is cheating on you and and you kill her and the guy oh, that they weren't cheating. She, dude, oh, you got to go back into this. You're a young man. She was uh, totally separated from him. Uh, O.J. Simpson was a stalker, right. was a creep. I mean, listen, this he was a good football player. This you know, taking one of the most inspiring things What gave you a chance to bail yourself out? O.J. Simpson sucks. Oh, just allow me to keep digging. Okay. One oh, of the things God, that's most inspiring to me is the lengths to which a man will go to achieve a personal sense of justice. So it, hypothetically, if he did do it, got away with it, beat the case, now he goes and writes a book, If I Did It, and now on national television, 20, 30 years later, he like kind of jokes about like, yeah, yeah, I did it and stuff like that. I don't know, you know, 100, 200 years ago, if a, if a woman was doing that, you know, that's more or less what would have happened. So I disavow and I think it's terrible. However, I at least understand it kind of. <laughs>
Well, John, uh, if the higher-ups are watching this, I appreciate you having your last time on the show. It's been really fun. <laughs> um, We've got to take a OJ break. We'll be back. <laughs> you got the Trump bubble down. Pixar employees have, incu- have accused their parent company, which is Disney, of course, of cutting gay characters from their films. Uh, this is, of course, amid all of the criticism. Disney was criticized for the CEO specifically for not coming out and criticizing Ron DeSantis for what they call the don't say gay bill. But we are, you know, actual truth tellers. So we are here to tell you it actually doesn't say the word gay at all. In the bill, it's nothing about having to, it doesn't target gay people, it doesn't, doesn't target the LGBT community. It just says simply, uh, kindergarten through third graders do not need to be learning about sexual orientation, gender ideology, or any other thing that parents absolutely unequivocally do not need schools teaching their children. Also, uh, you need to notify parents if there is anything that uh, could be upsetting or controversial or anything that may be uh, taught to the students. But Disney CEO was, I I guess, I would say strong-armed. I don't know if that's the, the correct language. He was pushed to come out and make a statement. He made a statement criticizing the bill. Uh, He had a a meeting with Ron DeSantis, and now I guess his employees are turning against him and saying that uh, he, they're cutting all of this overtly gay affection, which I'm like, "Ah, do we need to be like really, really focused on any sort of affection at all in Disney movies? I don't know that I see overt, what, what overt, affection do we see in Disney movies? I want to say this. Disney has a long history of putting in subliminal messaging in there, in their like phallic movies. symbols. Phallic symbols, mm-hmm. they have the word sex in the Lion King. So, and guys, you have to remember, they have to do this frame by frame. They have to draw this. Now, Pixar's a little different. So, nothing gets in an animated movie by accident. So, all of this um, uh, covert homosexuality in there, it's done on purpose. It's done to propagandize and normalize, you know, homosexuality, which I'm not anti-homosexuals. I, you know, that's cool if you're gay. But for our children, for putting the symbolism in our children's entertainment, it just, it's not the place for it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a time and place for for this stuff, and now we're talking about this don't say gay bill, you're not supposed to talk about heterosexual sex. It doesn't matter what kind of sex. You should be not talking about anything to do with sex if you're not above third grade. Even in fourth grade, you shouldn't be talking about sex, but these people, the media, are so ingenuine, they're so fake, they take one sound bite that don't say gay and they run with it and they make it think that this is an attack on people's sexuality and it's the opposite of that. We're trying to protect our kids and not over-sexualize them. Yeah, John. I feel like I can't say anything anymore. Come on, you can say whatever you want. This is literally 1984. It's Orwellian. Um, I think that the activists know what they're doing. You know, they're not sneaky in the sense that they try to, like, kind of hide what they really want. They're sneaky in the way they present it. And I think that when they say that, like, this bill, which, as you pointed out, literally just says that we shouldn't be teaching kindergartners through third graders about, like, gay sex or sex at all, when they say that that is an attack on LGBT culture, I think we should really consider what they mean by that Mm. and, like, what they're revealing about their actual intentions, which, of course, the slippery slope, which is the most vindicated architectural construction in the history of architecture or rhetorical analogies, what that would suggest is coming next. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. It, it's interesting because you find yourself at a crossroads where you know, even in deep blue San Francisco, they had the recall election where they recalled uh, three members of the school board by overwhelming margins mm-hmm. because of this type of thing. And it's like, how did we get to the place where literally it's 
Uh, one side is arguing that um, you shouldn't be displaying pornographic books in libraries and you shouldn't be teaching other people's children about sex. And the other side is just like all for it. it it's very weird. It's upside down world. What yeah. are you talking about weird? I mean, the people that want to sexualize our children probably don't even have children. That's the other thing. I mean, and, but and, and but isn't that why, like, if they continue doubling down, they will never win? Oh, well, I don't think they're going to win. The, pendul the pendulum has to swing back yeah. the other way. I just think that's the natural occurrence of things. Yeah. Uh, but OK, before we go, I do want to get to this. Uh this is very weird, you guys. Apparently, there is, you know, we're talking about the metaverse and um, this rollout of the metaverse where they want you to just, like, live on a computer in virtual reality instead of real life. And now they've come out and uh, the experts, I don't know how they're experts, like vice president of adult site DreamCam, I don't know. Uh, get your kids out of the room for this one. They say that sex in the metaverse will be equally enjoyable as real life. Like, the, literally, the headline is experts claim. Well, this which is, I, I feel like, can you be an expert and have never had real sex before? Because that must be what these people are. Well, sadly, the service we're using now, streaming, a lot of that technology was de designed with por porn pornography in mind. Mm. So in the future, this metaverse, they want to make our lives so terrible here on Earth that they can trick people into thinking that you can have digital sex that is indifferent from actual physical sex. And sadly, I think it's going to work. I think people are going to be you know, under so much trauma-based mind control from around the world and just the constant stress of living that they're going to run into the pod and they're going to sit there and have sex all day. They can be thin in the pod and they're just going to have their genitals hooked up to some machine that is going to actually That's be indifferent. So it's the grossest thing ever, but that sadly is the future they want for us. They, because, and they'll also be able to trick us into because they say it's good for the climate. They say, get in your pod. It's good for the environment. You know what else it's good for? You won't catch COVID if you're having digital sex. <laughs> digital COVID, though. Yeah. You can still get Because oh, you're going to have digital vaccines, for sure. Oh, that's, that's the true. Best, that's yes. true. John? I don't like it. <laughs> that's it? Are you thumbs for real? Down. Yeah, thumbs down. I think it's bad. I John think is, that, John, are you a gamer, just, John? You seem John's like just a gamer. punishing I'm, me. I'm culturally a gamer. You are? Yeah, not, not practically. I don't play video games anymore, but I still am a gamer in identity. You know, I was there in the MW2 lobbies. I, I feel like that's uh, built a lot of character. Well, this is the next step. I mean, for this, the, the culture that we've created, this video game culture, people, it's like the movie Vanilla Sky. In that mm. fake world, you're going to be able to be anything you want. Like in the video game, you can be anything you want. And sadly, people, in my opinion, are going to run to this. Yeah, yeah. well, but, but I think the, the a more accurate comparison would be, what was it, Ready Player One? Yeah, that's where a like everyone just that. lives in. You didn't? Mm -mm. Oh, you should watch it. They just like they all live in like these trailers that are stacked up on top of each other. Nobody has anything. It's a crap hole uh, house trailer that they're living in. Yeah. But you know, at least they can go in and and have fun on their computers. Yeah, I feel really badly for men in this country because being like a gamer is an identity that you'll only really see with like white guys, like you know Hispanic guys or black guys. They'll, or like, Eric Chile. They'll like play true. <laughs> they'll like play video games. But in terms of like the identity of a gamer that's always been something that like white guys have always like really identified with and I think it's because like you look at the world and everything is like so against them they have no conquest left mm. and so all they can do is like retreat into these virtual spaces and be like okay well I can be a pirate I can be whatever and like that's all they have and you know there's no real prospects left uh, with, with women or with like work everything's a joke it's more expensive now to like get to work than to actually work no one makes anything in this country anymore like you're just like answering emails all day and so yeah, I, I can understand why we would get there, but I think it's really sad. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, we had a, a 
couple cute little uh, Russia memes that you guys sent me, and I wanted to I wanted to show them because I got a good laugh out of them. I had posted a, a picture on Twitter of my dumb dog who took a patio uh, cushion and just completely demolished it. And it looks like it's snowing He did in a good my job yard. demolishing it, though. He's a good demolisher. I, it was, and it was tied to the iron chair. It was tied, and she chewed through the ties and then took the whole cushion out and just completely demolished it. So anyway, so I posted that, and... <laughs> Couple of you showed me the the uh, the the guilty dog <laughs> memes, except they tied it to Russia. So here's one: We're glad you home. The Russians took a crap in the hallway. <laughs> it was the Russians. It's always that. That's what we're going to do now. We're just going to blame everything on Russia. Uh, here's this one: Just a giant mess, and uh, the two dogs looking. Russia did it. That's what they're doing. I mean, Peter Ducey even said, he called him out. Are you going to blame everything on Putin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think the answer is yes. Uh, So anyway, thanks for those those memes. I really enjoyed them. Uh, Also, we want to remind you, go submit a review in the audio podcast section. If we like your review, you say something nice about us, give us five stars, subscribe. You may see a review read live on air like the one today from Houston Weapon X who said, uh, best news show, hands down. I look forward to watching the show with my wife every night. Sarah lays out the news in a funny and interesting format. Her guests are always top-notch. Alex has been a nice addition to the guest list. Keep up the great work. Please consider live shows. We would love to see one. So here's the deal, guys. We appreciate it very much. Um, we, it's just that like our crew have lives, <laughs> and we have other production going on. So very rarely do we get a chance to do a live show. But every once in a while, we will fit one in for you guys. Uh, I appreciate you gentlemen being here. And you can catch her on You Are Here. That's live all the time. So yes, you want to that's see Sarah true. Live. Yes. Thank you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.